2: I'm staying silent during your part.
3: What do you mean, my part? Julian Penzolali, <laughs> Patrick Hines, da <Da-da>. da da. Ooh.
2: <laughs> we found our common ground. Oh, yes. Am I allowed to do that part with you?
3: I mean, yeah, we'll work on it, we'll workshop it on this podcast. <laughs>
2: before we get to the show, we have to tell them, we just have to remind the people about our Patreon. Yeah. You guys, we are knee deep in cereal.
3: Oh my God. And like amazing people supporting our Patreon. I know you guys,
2: it's, we are so happy. I hope that you guys are enjoying the extended outtakes. We're having so much fun just like riffing on oh everything. Oh my God. And Your I, Leah Remini is like, it, I, I'm obsessed with it's it. It's one word. <laughs> we do it again.
3: Scientology. <laughs> That's all it is. It's one word.
2: Yeah. <laughs> So, in addition to the extended outtakes, we've got our serial episodes. We're up to serial episode three, which will be up this week.
3: Uh-huh. We're recording it today. It is.
2: This Episode sir. three, Leakin Park, is a doozy. Mr. You guys, this S. is the one with Mr. S.
3: I totally forgot about Mr. S. I Listen, I think about Mr. S all the time. You think about a lot of people <laughs> in this case all the time.
2: So, anyway, uh, other than that, we've got two other full bonus episodes. We've got so many mini episodes. Um, we're having a blast. I hope you guys come and join us. Yeah. Uh, Jillian and I are also making another podcast. My (gasps) so-called
3: podcast, you guys. Oh, my God. It's about my so-called life. It is so much fun. It is.
2: The episode that we're working on right now, this is not the episode that will be out by the time this episode is out, but right now I'm editing episode six. Um, about, it's called The Substitute. Vic
3: Ray scene. I started
2: editing this the other day and I had to text Jillian and be like, this is the most joyful we've ever been in recording anything. Like this episode is, we loved this episode. And
3: it is so contained. And it's it's rare when there's like a big guest star in a series. Totally. That like, that's one of the best episodes. It's a spoiler alert, you guys. It's Roger Reese. Like we're upset. Like I'm obsessed with him. He wears two different color socks. It causes (laughs) a thing. It's amazing.
2: So you can find my so-called podcast wherever you get your podcasts. You can stream it at my so called podcast.todayticks.com. Check it out and like support our other show. It's super fun and yeah. it's just the best.
3: And we're going to Crime Con, girl. Yes. We're going on a vacation together <laughs> to, to
2: Nashville. Nashville. You guys, I have 1,500 true crime obsessed frisbees that we are giving away at Crime Con.
3: You know what? I. <laughs> I'll, 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 like, believe in the Frisbees when I see the reaction to them. I am just along for this Frisbee ride with you. But, uh, you guys, we are surrounded by boxes.
2: We are. We have so much stuff that we are shipping today to Crime CrimeCon. And
3: we made postcards, and it's going to be fun. So if you're not going to be there, we're, we will miss you dearly. But yeah. I am going to be, like all over our social media. Yeah. True Crime Obsessed podcast. I'm going to be doing like Instagram lives and Insta stories and all the stuff the cool kids do. Totally. I'm going to be using like stickers and emoji. It's going to be amazing. (laughs) Don't miss it.
2: All right. Should we get to the show? Yeah. Let's do it. Girl,
3: what are we talking about today? Fantastic lies. Ugh. Are you ready to side with, like, the preppy, not-so-derpy, but-kind-of-derpy Duke lacrosse players? I...
2: <laughs> Who knew? It, this was hard for me, because it's impossible to look at these kids and not see their privilege and not see their douchiness and not see, like... You know what I mean? Like,
3: right. it's hard. Like, these are boys that I would
2: not have liked.
3: And here's the thing. Like, they have done a lot of questionable, douchey, asshole yeah. things in their lives. Totally. Rape uh, is... They did not rape this woman. No. It's just, it's yeah. just, you can dislike them for many things.
2: Spoiler alert, guys. They didn't do it.
3: Yeah. So this is like the Duke rape scandal. Yeah. Remember? Which I like stupidly, how, this is the terrible world we live in. That when Mike told me about this movie, I was like, wait, which one is the Duke? <laughs> because everything is awful. And I was like, oh, right, 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 right. That one.
1: <laughs> like, God. Durham, now where's emergency? Hi, I'm just so angry I didn't know who to call. Duke's entire lacrosse team under the microscope of the alleged multiple rape.
0: It was white over black, it was male over female, it was rich over poor.
4: We come here today because justice has not been served.
2: All of the people at the party were Duke lacrosse players.
5: It's a state of misogyny that's present among some members of this team.
6: I got a phone call and I just said to him, when you need me, Kyle, I'll be down there and he said, I need you. Why was it so difficult to understand what happened that
2: night?
0: It just felt like everyone versus us. To see your son in handcuffs was horrific.
2: No one deserves to be
4: assaulted, raped, abused.
7: There were a lot of questions to be asked, but questions needed to be asked on both sides.
3: Well, it starts with everyone just talking about how great the Duke lacrosse team is. It's like seven minutes of just praise for the lacrosse (laughs) team and Duke sports, and everyone's like, Duke is more than just basketball. I'm like, oh, they have a basketball team too.
8: (laughs) Outside of basketball at Duke, lacrosse was among the most important sports played on the
7: campus. Lacrosse players were the cool kids, good looking, big, they were tough. And they were cocky, ultra aggressive,
0: ultra focused. It's golf culture with an attitude. They were
8: very popular athletes. Uh, their attendance at parties was a big deal. They ran as a pack, and they were there together at almost everything they did. So
3: it's that, you know head coach Mike Pressler he was like this god and the just yeah. the, like
2: really I got to say the thing about Mike Pressler the coach like he he ter- he just ends up being such a good guy I know I was like I don't know Friday Night Lights but I was like I feel like the theme to Friday Night Lights should be playing every time he's on the- he's totally that co- what is the Friday Night Lights theme
3: Are you kidding me <laughs> <laughs> Kyle Chandler coach Taylor I am And on. what's the ta- what does he always say Clear Eyes, Full Hearts Can't Lose. I just almost broke this table. What are you, nuts? You're not a Friday Night Lights person? No, that's a sports TV show. Why would I watch that? Look, it's about football in Texas. Who are you talking to? I was like, I'm not watching this filth. And guess what? It's the greatest show ever.
2: <laughs> I'm going to play the Friday Night Lights music every time we mention him.
3: But now we're just talking about like how the Duke culture is super snobby. And it was like, Duke was the... Campus and then Durham, North Carolina. They could not have been more different.
8: They're like two different, two different cities.
0: They don't often interact. There's a lot of friction that occurs. In 2006, Durham was a city in search of an identity. It was trying to shake off some of the small town, small city feel and grow. Often, when you heard of Durham, you heard of. The crime or racial tension or poverty. Durham was on the cusp of either moving forward and becoming a city that's progressive, intelligent, thought-provoking, or it was going to continue
2: to be a second-class city in North Carolina. All right, so now we just start to meet Take us through it.
3: Well, we make our way to beautiful Buchanan Boulevard, <laughs> and it's an off-campus apartment. And uh, they're like rental—they're like houses, really. Yeah, I'm used to saying apartment, but I know. not everyone lives in an apartment. Um, so it's like rental. I want to call
2: the games shows. Like I just—I I, I don't even know how to talk about. So I don't. I don't have the vocabulary to talk. They're about at sports,
3: sports rehearsal. <laughs> Um, so it's like college students were mixed with locals. It's so weird. Which is a, just a terrible idea. Um, like why wouldn't you want to live on the beautiful Duke campus? Oh, cause there's like too much supervision. But also why would you as a local want to live on like the street with the lacrosse team? I know. And I think it must've been one of those things where it's like, we came here first right. where the locals were not moving for anyone. And it's probably super cheap,
2: super cheap.
3: Well, Jason Bissie, uh is hey one of the girl. neighbors. Hey, I girl. I love
2: her. Jason Bissie <laughs> is like this cute, skinny, nerdy kid who does not get invited
7: to the party.
3: And he realized very quickly that, like, you get what you pay for. Yeah.
7: <laughs> we didn't socialize with them. Um, they weren't necessarily my kind of people. You know, definitely partiers, and the lacrosse team had a reputation, I think, on campus as being a, a an ad hoc fraternity, essentially, and um, had a reputation for throwing uh, for throwing really good parties and um, their parties always seem to be pretty well attended
3: they weren't my kind of people. They were definitely partiers.
2: Sure, it was definitely your choice not to go to the parties,
3: Jason. Right, Jason.
2: Like, Sweetheart.
3: Yeah, whatever. But Jason is Jason is a major player in this. Jason has some information know. that we'll he got get to. Long form
2: interview. I
3: know. Um, but basically, the lacrosse team was a frat. Yeah, like the, the you guys, they're like a lacrosse team. I don't know what to tell. Like that's just what right. they are. They're oh like... God, it's
2: just my worst nightmare. Eventually, we see a picture of their bathroom. Oh, I
3: can't. <laughs> we're doing a whole separate podcast series about why. Why a bunch of men equal a disgusting, disgusting bathroom with no toilet paper? But now, let's, we have to get to like what right, happened. Let's do it. So, March 13th, 2006.
7: Yeah. It, it was, was spring, spring break. break. No one else on campus. It was a ghost town. A couple of us got together and all rode over to the house together. And we, I think I was there, you know, late afternoon, kind of going into the night.
3: They throw this party.
2: Yeah. When you see pictures of this party and you just see these, like, disgusting, like, 30, like, college-age white kids. There were
3: 40 of them.
2: Oh, my God. It's just so awful looking.
3: So, what they did was they hired two strippers. Their word, I know, dancers. (laughs) I know, but that's what they said. It's in all the statements. They hired... This is how it's like, you guys are not very smart or know like the worth of anyone's time. Yeah. So they like Googled stripper, like local strippers. Which should be harder to find, I feel like. Oh, I think it's like super easy to find. Oh, God. You can, like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, so they ordered two strippers. Again, their words. I know they're dancers, but I'm just saying what they said. They ordered strippers. They ordered two strippers for two hours At four (laughs) hundred dollars per stripper. There's
2: no Patrick's eyes hole in the door. I've gone to become a stripper.
3: That is the most (laughs) insane. Four hundred dollars per stripper. I know. Dancer. That's an insane amount of money. Yeah. Anyway, so what happens is that,
2: like, for whatever reason, we we will find out because it's what this documentary is about. <laughs> the, the girls end up leaving after five minutes, right? And I- one of the boys says, and the guys were naturally upset
4: when they stopped. A lot of there was a lot of confusion in the room. You know, the guys thought that we might have been hustled when they said they were leaving. We paid eight hundred dollars and they were there for five minutes, and naturally, guys got upset.
3: Look, eight hundred dollars for two hours is a lot of money. Five yeah. minutes, like what the and hell? And one
2: of them is talking about how like they feel like they're they feel like they got hustled. They've it's like hustled. boys, guys, you ordered strippers. You you thought this was going to be like a normal trend It's not like getting I mean, a pizza,
3: right? So <laughs> then there are just photos. There are so many photos of. <laughs> the girls dancing?
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's very, like... Um, And, like, this is also the derpiest part of it, too, is, like, these girls are, quote, dancing, and these boys are just sitting around in a circle, barely paying attention.
3: That's what though. Like, yeah. if you really think about it, if dudes are at a bachelor party and they're like, let's call a stripper, everyone is watching yeah. the exotic dancer do her thing and grind on you and you're all together. Right. Like, that's what that is. Yeah. And I, it feels like no one in that room had ever had that experience before. Right. And you can see in the photos that, like, it's just weird for everybody. Like, none of the guys look threatening. They're all just, half of them are, like, on their phones. Totally. Like, no one, everyone's like, oh, this is so not what I thought it was gonna be. Yeah. And, like, like, it, the girls are are like when I say dancing, the photos are like they're kind of like falling all over each other, yeah. like it's weird. And then there's a photo of one one of the dancers who we learn is Crystal Mangum. Yeah, she has one platform shoe on. Oh, God. she's Crystal. barely dressed. Yeah, and she's like you could tell she's stumbling outside, but she's like smiling.
2: But she's then there's hammered.
3: Like, there's another picture of her
2: lying down on the porch. Right. So here's my question. Who took that picture and why?
3: I think the guys did to say, look, we got hustled by these girls. They were too hammered to do anything. They left after five minutes. Because in the statement, one of them said they were so high they couldn't stand up.
2: Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So
3: that's the the number one. Red flag number one where it's like if these guys.
2: Can you please get her a glass of water also? I know. Can we do two things at once? Take a picture and get a glass of water? I mean,
3: my God. And clean that goddamn bathroom (laughs) while you're at it.
2: Maybe there's no water in this house. Maybe that's the answer to all of this.
3: Right? Yeah, exactly. Um, So I think that's what they were doing. They were kind of maybe, I don't know, if covering their own asses or they were going to call, like, the stripper company. So Crystal's
2: in a cab or something. We hear the 911
3: call. There are
6: 911. Where's emergency? Hi.
0: I don't know if this is an emergency or not, necessarily. I'm
3: just so angry I didn't
0: know
2: who to call. And then we don't hear any of the rest of it.
3: Right. But we do hear from... People like lawyers and and people at the hospital who said like...
7: Crystal Mangum, she was behaving consistently with somebody who had just been attacked. She was not speaking coherently. She's asked, you know, have you been the victim of a sexual assault? She said yes. She had sustained a half hour long sexual and physical attack involving three of the Duke lacrosse players in a bathroom in that house.
3: And that's kind of all anyone needed. Yeah. Because then it was like, The entire Duke Lacrosse team sexually assaulted this girl. Where is the second dancer? We never hear from her again. Her face is blurred out in the photos. She's gone. Big red flag number two. Right. That the other girl is not like, and I was here too, and it was awful. Like, what?
2: I do want to point out that I'm on the side of, like, believing the victim. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, I, I'm okay with this girl saying she was sexually assaulted. And in the it, the experience of all of these professionals who deal with people who have been sexually assaulted all the time, saying that she appeared as though she had been sexually assaulted, fine. Then like then go with it.
3: Then let's investigate. Yeah,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. Totally.
3: There was no investigation. No. <laughs> everyone handled this so poorly, from Duke to the players to the press yeah. to everyone to the district attorney who we'll get to. Everything, everything, handled, everything was handled wrong. Right. So now it's three days after the party. The cops show up to the house. And Dave Evans had been taking a nap. <laughs> that was all in caps. Dave Evans is the captain of the lacrosse team. It's super hard being able to do whatever you want. He was napping.
2: It's exhausting. All this
4: white privilege is exhausting. I know.
3: I have to run up and down that stage. Field. Whatever.
4: Uh, I woke up from a nap. To ten police officers in my living room with a search warrant, I went through every part of it. It was scary. I gave my statement.
3: So his statement, they don't say any of this out loud. So you guys, once again, I typed it out for you. Yeah, this is, a, this is written for.
2: Oh, also, Jillian's talking about his handwritten statement. Yeah, he literally writes like a fourth grader. They all do. Yeah,
3: all men do. Right. <laughs> Still to this day, when I see a man's handwriting, I have I'm like, really is good that handwriting. Really? Yeah. Okay, good for you. You're the exception. <laughs> Dave Evans' statement. One of the players called for a stripper off of a search he did on Google. He ordered two strippers for two hours at $400 per stripper. Oh, my God. The black girl... No! ...couldn't talk or stand up straight. She was so high. So, basically, there was a black dancer who was... Crystal, yeah. African-American dancer, and uh, a Latina dancer who, again, she's the second dancer. We don't know where she is, who she is. We don't know her it's name. It's insane
2: that nobody even mentions her. Like, we didn't want to get the one corroborating witness. Thank you.
3: Yeah. Thank you. And then he says that the two girls were in the bathroom with the door locked alone. And then Dave says, I kept being asked, did we get the money back because we got hustled? <laughs> They'd only stripped for maybe five minutes. I said no, but would gladly pay to have them leave.
2: Yeah. Dave girl. Dave.
3: <laughs> Dave. Uh, okay. So Crystal's statement yeah. is that she arrived at the party at eleven twenty PM. There are gonna be some times, you guys, but we're gonna get to it because it's one of my favorite scenes in all of it's any pretty documentary. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when we get to the times, so just like Pay attention or not to the time. Yeah, yeah, matter.
2: Have a drink, but whatever. It's fine.
3: Uh, she arrived at the party at 11.20. She says that the boys threatened to assault them with broomsticks, which is horrifying. Uh, she said that the boys were all screaming. They were going to do horrible things, calling her the N-word, just really, really terrible stuff. Horrible. And that they had sex with her for two minutes. And that's her statement.
2: So- as you were saying, everyone handles this horrendously. Horrendously. Right from the beginning, the, the we, we hear from one of the parents that... All, all the moms look incredible, by the way. I mean... I mean, it's really amazing. Gorgeous. I know, money can buy you class, you guys. You guys. So beautiful. we hear from one of the moms that uh, right from the beginning, Duke had had the kids keep it hush-hush. They weren't They weren't supposed to tell anybody, including their parents. That is horrifying.
6: Duke had told everyone, don't tell your parents, don't tell anyone. They had kept it very hush-hush. From President Broadhead down, that this was going to go away. Everyone didn't think anything happened, and not to worry. So they were sending 18 year olds and 21 year olds and putting them in a position to try to make decisions that could be life changing
3: without speaking to anyone. Let's see, Richard Broadhead, the president of Duke, Ma'am. we're coming for you. Yeah. Turning this car right around. <laughs> He and, like, a couple of other people told all of the Duke lac- lacrosse players, don't tell anybody, keep your mouth shut, this is totally going to blow over. Didn't ask them anything, didn't say, no, 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 we're totally, we're going to uh, cooperate entirely. If you guys didn't do this, then right. there's nothing to hide. Yeah. They did the opposite. They didn't even tell leading administrators for another 10 days. So this is where we meet 12-year-old Bradley Bennett. <laughs>
2: He's <laughs> miss Bannon is one of the um a, the a, attorneys who like totally saves the day in the end.
3: You guys stay tuned for a Legally Blonde moment at the end.
2: <laughs> but this like George Stephanopoulos looking like, literally like a foot. He's literally, remember like Liz Lemon's lawyer? Yes. And, you know how he would look like a 12 year old he was wearing the suit that was enormous? Yes. This is exactly what he looks like.
3: And he's smarter than all of us put together this You guys guy. go
2: to the Facebook group. I'm going to find a picture of Liz Lemon's lawyer and I'm going to put it in the Facebook group. Yeah.
3: And this guy, I love Bradley Bannon. So girl, we yeah. say this with total love. Totally. But, and he's a defense attorney for one of the boys and he's just like, look.
7: Any criminal defense lawyer who is is being honest with you will tell you that most people who are accused of crimes are guilty. I've had absolutely no problem believing that rich, white, elite young men would take advantage of a uh, young African-American woman that they had hired to come and perform for them.
3: So here's what happened. Uh, more people who handle this totally poorly, the police. <laughs> ben Hyman and Mark Gottlieb, they were <gasps> assigned to the case... The fucking garbage There's bell. There's no bell!
2: How have we let it go on? We've been recording for 25 minutes! I'm getting the bell. Okay. Hang on.
3: All right. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, so I'm just going to say their names again so yeah. I can ding them. Yeah. Uh, so the police, Ben Hyman and Mark Gottlieb. <laughs> oh, it feels good.
2: So Welcome back, bell.
3: Yes. Mm, I miss you. You look, you look stunning. <laughs> just beautiful. Um, they're the police assigned to the case and uh, one of the lawyers is like, oh yeah, Gottlieb really got the ball rolling on this one pretty quick. (laughs) So what they do is they, they bring in the entire team, the entire lacrosse team for DNA tests. Yeah. Because they're all like, it's all in the DNA, right? Which, you know, I'm an evidence person. We'll get there. Yeah. So this is when the kids start calling their parents. Right.
0: Colin gave us a call and said... There's been some allegations made. Everyone on the team is going in to give their DNA. You might see or hear something.
3: And all the parents are like, I'm sorry, what? They, like, put down their gin rickies. <laughs> <laughs> and because they're like, the maid, like, brought them <laughs> the phone on the silver platter. And they're like, honey, we just got a call from Reed. Something is, is afoot. <laughs> So I like your rich person talk. Oh, thanks. Oh, my. I oh, know. These parents have been through hell. It's like, drink <laughs> I all the gin Rickies, girl. Gin fizz. Um, <laughs> Anything else? I just feel like it's a very gin-heavy world, right? <laughs> um, so the, the boys are calling and literally saying things like, you might see something in the press. I just have to give my DNA yeah. because I've been <laughs> accused of rape, but I didn't do it, but you, it might come out somewhere. And the parents are like, What? <laughs> is happening.
2: I know. And the thing about them giving this DNA, the the press gets wind that these boys are go- are being called in to give DNA and they send a reporter. When
8: the a lawyer, Bob extran who is representing the players saw that our reporter was there, told the players to cover up.
2: The lawyer for the for Duke right. are
3: like, "Boys, cover your faces." This is such an iconic photo. I know. And god, they could not look guiltier. Right. Yeah, true. They're all walking in a straight line. Yeah. It looks like they're just going to, I don't know what it looks like, right. but it, we, it's weird that they're all walking in a line. Like and they're all not of them have together. their like,
2: shirts pulled up over their heads.
3: And you could see, you, like their heads are down, their hands are at their sides. It's yeah. like, they look like a guilty march. It's yeah. horrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's yet another person who just <laughs> gave them really, really bad advice. So now the media, and right now it's just like local media. Right. And they're like showing up at practice because nothing is happening. But it's like these boys have been accused. No charges have been pressed yet. Yeah. Um. But everyone on Duke is like, I'm sorry. At Duke is like, I'm sorry. What is, why are they still at, even at practice? Why right, is nothing happening? Because these boys were
2: literally, they were convicted the second the allegation was made. Exactly. And so we, but then like you have all of these really well-meaning people. Now, the woman is an African-American woman. Mm-hmm. like, And so you have a lot of African-American prep professors on the university talking about how like we know that these lacrosse boys are bad citizens he says yeah
4: factually we know that this men's lacrosse team has been bad in its
7: citizenship professor baker calls for the dismissal of the team's coach and a complete overhaul of the program he cites past arrests of 15 members of the lacrosse team for drunken behavior
4: as proof the university has overlooked this problem before so they've been tolerated they felt entitled They are a privileged group of white male athletes.
2: And these kids get away with murder.
3: Right, and yeah, again... It's like another thing of just when when you're good at sports, like right. you, everyone looks the other way, and it's like boys will be boys and blah 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 blah. And blah. it's
2: good for the university, and you know. Right. And on the university side, they're like they haven't been charged with anything yet. Why would we make them stop playing? And then on the other side, you have people being like, well, everything should come to a screeching halt. You
3: still have to acknowledge it and investigate. Like, exactly. you, it's still Things still need to be done. I can't believe my university has not spoken to this. I'm I'm shocked and appalled that. There are still varsity letters on these
4: athletes. The ideas of whether scholarships need to be revoked or, or people need to be pressured to come out and answer the situation is definitely a matter of great concern.
3: Well, enter Mike Nifong, <laughs> who for some reason like keeps saying that no one can pronounce his name.
8: My last name is frequently mispronounced. I have been called uh, Nifong, Nifong, Nifong. Um, <laughs> Uh, There there are many other things that I don't even want to repeat for you. But the way we pronounce it, the way my family has always pronounced it, is Nifond.
3: Girl, my last name is Pensavali. Don't tell me that you have so much trouble with your name. I hate you. So when we meet him, uh, he's like... (laughs) He worked in the DA's office. He's got like a ton of experience, 300 felony cases, and everyone's coming out and saying, "You know what? Like, he's totally reasonable to deal with. Like, he'll he'll give he'll share witnesses." And I'm like, "That's what you're supposed to do. Don't right. act like right. that's like totally. he gets a medal. That's what you do." <laughs> um, and then he he's, was like appointed as the DA, but he was like an he was a
2: placeholder DA. Right. He was not supposed to keep that job. People were counseling
3: him.
5: Mike, give somebody else this case. You don't need this right now. Something had happened. I mean, he, he he knew that.
8: I don't think that uh, this is an instance of underage drinking that escalated and got out of hand. I think this is something much different from that.
3: Durham District Attorney Mike Nifong has put this gang rape case on the fast track. So then part of the outrage in the community is this woman, Ruth Sheehan. So she's a journalist.
2: Yeah. And she, she's one of the first ones to like really seriously cover the
3: case. And by covering the case, she just said, she writes this op-ed like to the lacrosse players. And she's like, we know, you know, we know, we yeah. know, you know, we know, you know, we know. <laughs> it's like Ruth.
5: <laughs> so I wrote this first column that really touched a nerve with people asking the members of the lacrosse team who were present in the house to actually say what happened. Members of the Duke men's lacrosse team, you know. We know you know. Whatever happened in the bathroom at the stripper party gone terribly, terribly bad, you know who was involved. Every one of you does. And one of you needs to come forward and tell the police
3: do you know like what do you know like what does anyone know at this point really like okay
2: but like she was just emblematic of like how the story was being covered like everyone in the press my god you see a million clips of Nancy Grace going berserk pulling her fucking hair out
3: I know (laughs) yeah and they knew like once the New York Times called like that was just like the floodgates open and there was that one journalist who's like
2: it
0: was white over black It was male over female. It was rich over poor. It was educated over uneducated. My God, all the things that we know happen in the world coming together in one place. And, you know, journalists, they start to quiver with a thrill when something like this happens.
3: Quiver at the thrill of, (laughs) I was like, oh my God, you're totally quivering right now. I'm not. Did you say quiver? Like quiver at the thrill. (laughs) Um, And then like Mike Nifong goes on this basic like press tour. (laughs) He does like a junket.
0: Joining us now? From Durham, North Carolina, is the district attorney there, Michael Nifong.
5: Mike Nifong is the district attorney in Durham, North Carolina. Mr. Nifong, good morning. Good morning,
8: Renee. All of the people at the party were Duke Lacrosse players.
6: Has the lacrosse team and the university, for that matter, been fully cooperative in, in terms of uh, this investigation?
8: Well, the lacrosse team clearly has not been fully cooperative.
2: So at the same time as, like, Nifong is doing this press tour, g- g- good on you, girl. Great. Like, the, one of the moms has basically, like, moved, one of the moms of the accused kids mm-hmm. has, like, basically moved down and is, like, on the campus, So she's witnessing everything that's happening, and she's saying that the tensions are so high that it's about to, like, boil over.
6: Every day, it was getting ramped up. It was like you were just waiting for something to explode because it was like a little more lighter fluid on the fire, a little more lighter fluid, a little more lighter fluid. Tensions were so high, you just didn't know what was going to happen.
3: Right. You know, at this point, Crystal has said there were three boys who were in the assault and at this point there are no accused kids. it's the entire lacrosse team right and there are three of them, but we don't know who exactly so like we're seeing these like these images
2: of like the protests at one point there's literally a jug band <laughs>
3: of control. Um, so now it's 12 days after the party and Duke is finally like, shit. Yeah. We should probably say something, right? <laughs> no one has said anything. Like, Duke has not said anything. Yeah. So it's, in order to do that, they cancel, like, the big game against Georgetown, which was, to these kids, like a nightmare.
7: They told us that this was, uh, this was punishment for an ill-advised party. They were going to
6: cancel this game and one other game and there would be no further punishments unless there were charges brought.
3: Okay, so things are starting to get real because people, I don't know if you can understand why, but they were a little annoyed that they right. only just got two games canceled. Like, right. everyone who's been protesting is like, oh, wait, they got two games canceled because of the party, right. not because of anything else And about it's like national they- news. Right, so it's, again, Duke, like, right. just learn how to handle a situation, please. <laughs> so the parents are like, oh, okay, this is getting super real. Yeah. They all call lawyers.
0: I started doing more diligence, talking to other lawyers, We were advised we needed to get in state North Carolina attorneys, and that you could not show up in a North Carolina courtroom with New York attorneys.
3: Real quick, Mike Nifong is now, he is. Running for re-election. So now this case, like it always does, has a political thing. So now he has to win this case. You guys remember that. We'll get back to that. So, and the the thing that's important about that is that
2: he, like, it's pointed out to us that Durham votes on color lines Mm -hmm. and that, like, he's a white man, but he's now coming to the defense of this black woman. So the idea is that this will ingratiate him into the African-American community in Durham. So this is a very good thing for him to be championing her.
3: Right. And he can't hear anything else about the case. These three white kids did it. We don't even know their names. We don't even know who they are. Right. But they did it, it. goddammit. And he's going to get it.
0: Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's.
1: Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer.
0: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
3: So now, 23 days after the party, and then my notes say, that stupid email.
4: (laughs) The person who does communications at this university came into my office. He came bounding through the door, and that's where I first read this email. You know, and I have to say, when I read it, I was sickened. I, I found it repulsive. The
2: email was sent like two hours after the party or like an hour after the party March was over. March
3: 14th, one fifty-eight a.m. Like literally Crystal had just left. Right. So, so the press gets this email, right? And yeah. everyone reads it in its entirety on the air.
2: <laughs> to whom it may concern, tomorrow night after tonight's show,
3: I've decided
6: to have some strippers over. All are welcome. However, there will be no nudity.
7: I plan on killing the bitches as soon as they walk in And proceeding
2: to cut their skin off And everyone goes berserk And then the the college goes berserk Everyone goes crazy
0: Just minutes ago we learned that one of the players Has been suspended
2: after writing a sick and twisted email Six foot six
3: star defenseman
2: Ryan McFadden
3: So everyone's like how could they not be guilty But it's also like wait this is a total sociopath Psychopath insane person If If that's a real like what It just doesn't make any sense Here's why It's from the movie, American Psycho.
7: (laughs) It didn't take very long to recognize that quote. It was a very popular movie when it came out. Lots of jokes had been built from some of the quotes from that movie. This was a private email sent to just the lacrosse team in a private group. It was a joke. It, It was bad judgment, bad timing in hindsight.
2: And these guys in like a rare moment of self-awareness are like, oh, American Psycho is about these completely like unself aware rich white guys in Manhattan. We're just like them. Right. So we're going to pretend that we are them. Right. And we're just going to, and they're like responding as the characters. It's, it's totally fucking crazy.
3: Right. So they're just like, you know, uh, someone bring a smock. I'll bring the Phil Collins. Right. Like that scene where Patrick Bateman kills Jared Leto and there's yeah. Phil Collins and he's wearing a smock. Like that's what it is.
2: Can we take one second and talk about the American Psycho musical? Sure,
3: I know I, you loved it. I loved it. Did you see it? I didn't see it. Oh
2: my God. You guys, palette Cleanser today, totally from American Psycho, the musical. Are you okay with that?
3: I'm, I vote for Legally Blonde. <laughs> I'll, I'll go on my Legally Blonde tirade when we get there.
2: We've done a legal- Blonde palette. I know cancer. that's why we can't, but yeah. it is such a
3: legally it's blonde palette. It's totally moment. good. Okay,
2: but you guys, American Psycho the musical, look it up. My f- one of my favorite theater actresses, Helena York, is in it. It's the music, Alice Ripley. The whole thing is so gay and amazing and crazy, An 80s and 80s and like 80s insane. and like business cards. And they're writing to each other as though they're the characters from the movie.
3: But what's insane is that the minute I saw that, I was like, they didn't do it. Yeah,
2: yeah, 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 which yeah. is crazy, yeah. which is
3: such a mind fuck And it's also one of those like crazy press moments where like the the, the emails get printed in the press. But no one ever then follows up and is like, "No, you guys, it's from American Psycho." Right, and no one like I mean, I guess it's I don't know. The Hindsight is twenty twenty, but it, yeah. no one thought to think like this is so insane. Maybe there's more to it. Right. No one tried to Nobody say wants like wants it to be that though. Everybody exactly, wants it to be crazy. Exactly. No one's like, Whoa, wait, "Wait, why are they suddenly talking about Phil Collins? What does this have to do with anything?" Like, no one did that because they were like, "Oh, this is perfect."
2: Yeah, totally. They're
3: sadistic, crazy people. Right. Amazing. Right. We got it. So after this stupid email comes out. The rest of the lacrosse season is canceled. Mike Pressler is out as coach and there's this like super, everyone's crying about it. This is that scene that
2: should be super hot where all the guys are half naked and they're hugging him in the, in the locker room.
3: Right. And it's super sad. Right. Everything fell apart. It's probably
4: the most emotional day of my life.
0: Pressler decides to gather the players. He said, our darkest day is upon us.
6: And it was hard. It was hard on all of them because then they kind of lost the captain of the ship.
3: So this is the beginning of now people just actively not wanting to hear it, like any truth or anything right. at all. Um, so a bunch of lawyers for the kids now, because again, you guys, no one has been charged. Right. We don't know who did this. It's just the lacrosse team.
2: And we know that it's three. Well, we know that, that Crystal is saying it was three boys. Right. But nobody knows who.
3: And like any day. Can you imagine living no. that life where it's like any day I could be accused of this horrible, horrible thing? Right. That's, that's how they lived. Yeah. And then their lacrosse season was canceled, which means nothing to anybody except for them but it was important to them so just let them have it so a bunch of lawyers go to Mike Nifong to say like we have evidence to prove that this didn't happen
8: we tried to convince him that we had a story to tell ourselves Mr. Nifong put his hands over his ears and said I don't want to hear it he literally put his hands over his ears
3: (laughs) can you hear it Take those hands off your ears Mike Nifong you piece of shit <laughs> Because he's like, no, like, I have to be reelected. I have to do this. I can't hear it. But that, like, think about what that means. That he's like, I'm going to railroad these three kids because it it works out better for For me. me. So what he does is he calls for DNA testing.
2: Right. So this girl, Crystal, has been sexually assaulted. So there would be DNA evidence.
5: Right. Big question tonight is when will the DNA evidence come in? If there is physical evidence, if there is DNA of some of the guys on her body or under her fingernails that were retrieved at the scene seem ripped off, it's going to be pretty difficult for the guys to suggest that she consented, which is probably the only possible defense if there is DNA present.
3: Well, there is no DNA from anyone at the party on, in, or around Crystal. Right. So you would think, (laughs) okay, Nifong, who's all about the DNA, and me, who's like, okay, where's the DNA? And then, like, he just decides to change his narrative.
0: We were led to believe by Nifong that DNA would exonerate the innocent. And when we got this result back, he would know who was guilty and who was innocent. Night
8: decided at that time that he would switch his strategy.
2: So I do want to say that we do get the point is made that you can be raped and there's not any DNA. Evidence. Absolutely. You know, if they use an object or something horrible, I hate even talking about I know. it. But or a
3: condom. like right. as simple It as is that. possible
2: to like, so that is a possibility, sure. but so knife doesn't take that route. He, like you said, he just changes his strategy.
3: Right.
7: There were three photographic lineups that were presented to Crystal Mangum. Each one of them violated the Durham police department's rules about photo lineups and photo identifications. Mark Gottlieb and Nyfong, they put together photos. It was
8: only the lacrosse players. Basically, they, they told her at the beginning, these are all the white players on the Duke lacrosse team. Pick three.
3: This is such fucking garbage. <laughs> Here's what they do to Crystal. <laughs> They just show her pictures, and all it is, it's is—it's—it's like the lookbook of the <laughs> lacrosse team. It's only players of the lacrosse team, so she can't be wrong. Right. No matter who she picks, it's on the lacrosse team. Right. I cannot tell you, like, what, <laughs> just how fucked that is. I
2: know. And it's crazy, because you see the video. Uh, like, you watch her look at these pictures. Somehow they got this video.
3: He's the
0: guy who saw me. How sure are you of that? What percentage? 100%. 100%. 100%. He looks
4: like one of the guys that me. How sure are
3: you
7: of that? 100%. You're 100% sure.
3: 100%. Okay. They literally said to her, here's the entire lacrosse team, pick three. Yeah. And so she actually doesn't even, she picks two. Right. So she picked, which I don't even know how that happened. Right. I guess. And she was like, oh, I don't know. Because at one point she's like, that kind of looks like the guy. Right. And the cops are like, great, book him. Yeah. Like, what? Oh, my God. <laughs> this is horrible. Yeah. This is fucking horrible. So then, like, here's who she picks. She picks Colin Finerty and Reed Seligman. Yeah. These are the two so far. Yeah. So uh, Collar Infinity, also eight years old. Oh my god! I don't god, know but... how he got into Duke. Right. He's just a really tall eight-year-old. <laughs> but he has such a baby face. He's scrawny. It's like, how are you even on the lacrosse team and in college? You're yeah, seven. I know. Uh, and Reed, who's like a bigger dude. Um, so then it's 35 days after the party. They're brought in. They're processed.
1: There were charges for which you could not get probation. There were charges for which you had to go to prison. 20, 30 or, or years or more prison sentences. as as teenagers
3: These kids are terrified So now we're back to the DNA And so Nifong's narrative was like, oh there were three boys but only two, whatever So Nifong's like, you know what, I'm going to redo the DNA in a different
4: lab
7: Mike Nifong was not going to walk away from this case until he had charged three people He hired DNA Security which was a private lab to do additional testing to see if they could identify DNA that the state crime lab had not found effectively going behind the state crime lab doing the same kinds of tests on the same kinds of evidence.
3: Wouldn't you know it? There's another person! Can you believe it? What are the the
2: odds? Here's what they found. They it took me a while to figure out what they were talking about. You know that filthy, disgusting bathroom that those boys used in their house?
3: When are we gonna get into that? I'm done. Well now we're gonna get into it because
2: they found on a clipping of one of her fake nails. Ew, it's so gross. It's so
3: gross. I hate fake nails. Like I'm I don't like it. What would Leah Remedy say? I'd say Leah and her is sort (laughs) of pointy. It's, so, it's very strange. How do you get anything done? I don't know. She has a staff for that. That's as true. Said. That's true.
2: So they find a little tiny bit of DNA of this guy, Dave Evans.
3: It's a partial sample from his own bathroom.
2: Right. From his own filthy Filthy bathroom. I,
3: I don't even want to think about the types of DNA that's in that bathroom. You guys, the picture, we're going to post a picture of this. Let me just say what the bathroom is because if I don't. You guys, know, she's covering her eyes. I can't. I like need every, you know, Misery Loves Company. I like need you guys all to be in this with me. I know. I don't understand the photo. So it's a photo and you, the photo is taken from the doorway because you know whoever was in there was like, I don't have to take, I don't have to actually step in this bathroom, right? Like
2: that person just came from a crime scene where he was scraping brains off the ground, but he yeah. was not going into this bathroom. And he's leaned
3: back as far as possible and he just has the camera and <laughs> like, "Oh, that, cuz that's it's a weird angle, right?" <laughs> He was it not is, in that bathroom. No. He or she, they were not in that bathroom. So what it is is, first of all, the first thing your eye goes to is that there's no toilet paper. No, there's like... There's like a, a, sh- a ripped strand of toilet paper. It's like a toilet paper roll that's empty. Oh, it's so gross. And then you look like... And then it's like you just keep noticing things and you're like, wait, what? But what about the what? And there's like a Sharpie all over, over the, the walls. walls. And it's just... They just... But it's like a line. Oh, it's like, you know how people sometimes in their bathroom, they have like one black tile yeah. that goes like all yeah, around, yeah, yeah, like yeah, that yeah. border? Totally. It's that, <laughs> only it's like two feet. <laughs> Long and sharpie it's that's like marker. Faded? It's like
2: literally like somebody just got hammered and went in there with a sharpie and was coloring. It's like Daisy did it.
3: Men, why? I know. Why, what is it that when you're all together, this is what happens? <laughs> so here's the thing. So they find a partial match from his own disgusting bathroom, which is covered in stupid, ugly, ridiculous DNA. He should go disgusting. to jail
2: for the bathroom. It's not horrible. For this. It's yeah. horrible.
3: But it's like a, on her fake nail that was also in, in the garbage. Right. That is ridiculous. Right. Like, if you go, it's like going to my apartment and being like, Jillian, your DNA's here. It's like, I know, I shed. (laughs) Like, what, like, shocking. But they bring him in. They they arrest him. He's the third guy. That's it. That's it. That's That's all they need. So he has this press conference. He is so composed. He's not reading it at all. He's making eye contact with everyone and the television. And
4: he's just saying, like. First, I want to say that I'm absolutely innocent of all the charges that have been brought against me today that Reed Seligman and Colin Ferry are innocent of all the charges that were brought against them. When the police first came to my home, I fully cooperated and have continued to try to cooperate with them. When they entered in and started to read the search warrant, my roommates and I helped them find evidence for almost an hour and told them that if they had any questions, we would gladly answer them to show that nothing happened that night. I'd like to say thank you to my friends and family, my coach and members of the community who have stood by us through everything from the initial weeks to now. Their support has given me the strength to come through this, but the thing that gives me the most strength is knowing that I have the truth behind me and it will not faze me.
3: And then he says...
4: Every member of the Duke University lacrosse team is innocent. You have all been told some fantastic lies. Come on.
3: I know. And, like, just to paint a
2: picture, he's like, his, his team is surrounding him. Right. His parents are behind him. Yeah. You can see his parents are so proud of him. I was bawling yeah. watching this press conference. And
3: then, like, then we just hear from other people who are like.
8: Before that, they were jocks. They were privileged people who went to a privileged school, who were always protected, who were racist.
6: It was a very poignant moment. Dave's speech changed a lot of people's minds.
3: Okay, so now this is this is the shit I live for. This is why I love true crime documentaries when there's the moment of like, oh my god. Oh my god. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so now the the defense teams of the three boys have be- it's like a super a super squad a super team of lawyers because all the three boys now their teams are are collaborating and
2: they're yeah they're getting together they're helping each other
3: and their parents are like you're gonna be on every phone call you're gonna be on everything the parents are like this shit ends now we are turning this insane corrupt car (laughs) around like this is not this is just not gonna happen to you it's just not so
7: waiting on a tax return hopefully it ends up in your hands fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30 percent in 2023 if you're in a bind this tax season lifelock can help
3: Enter Jim Cooney, hero <laughs> Bell, one of the lawyers who's like a superstar. Yeah. Bradley, we'll get back to you. Yeah. 12-year-old Bradley. Girl, we're coming we for you. love yeah. you. Yeah. So he goes through the cell phone records.
8: And we began with by asking for Ms. Mangum's cell phone records. Between 11-11 and eleven thirty-nine, she made five telephone calls. So what we know is that she's not being gang raped while she's on the telephone.
2: And super cute nerdy neighbor is like, he saw the strippers did not even enter the house until midnight.
3: Right. He's like, I saw strippers going
2: into a house in a party that I was not invited to again.
3: It's Tuesday. Yeah. (laughs) Some of us have to go to sleep.
8: Read cell phone records. He's on a cell phone from 1206 to 1214.
3: Then there's all this stuff about, like, he and this guy Rob go to the bank to get cash. There's video of them Ugh. miles away from the house.
2: During the time that this assault was supposed to be taking are place. Are you kidding me? It's the most ama- that's the most amazing thing.
3: I And then it gets better.
2: Yeah. It gets so much better. <laughs> so you guys, Julian's really excited.
3: This is the shit I like. I, I need every documentary to have a moment like this. I live for it. I'm obsessed with it. So then Colin makes a call at 1222 and another one at 1214. I'm like, these boys are on the phone constantly. Yeah. Uh, but I think they're calling each other. They're calling the lacrosse. I think they're just like, so What the party well, Where sucked. are there
2: better strippers, you guys?
3: I think basically what they're saying is like, this party kind of sucked. What are you doing? Should we right. call it a night? I think they're, because all these, these calls are kind of quick. Like, yeah, where, yeah, where yeah. are you? Yeah. Okay, I'll meet you there.
8: Yeah. And then Dave Evans makes a call at 1129, and then from 1234 to 1250. At
3: 1226, Crystal makes a call. Who does she call? Does she call 911?
8: Does she call her home telephone number? Help, come get me. Something terrible's happened. She actually calls the voicemail box at her escort service. At
3: 1246, Reed goes back to his dorm, and we know this, because there was, like, a computer footprint logged.
2: Yeah, totally.
3: And I'm like, we're in the future, Duke. <laughs> well, he com- probably just, like,
2: scanned in somewhere. He probably just used his ID to scan in somewhere.
3: I know, but it's just, seeing I don't know.
2: Did your college not have electricity?
3: <laughs> no. I went to college in 1864. Um, so then we cut to the lawyer who has it all graphed out. Oh, my
2: God. It's so beautiful. And
3: he says my favorite line in the movie.
2: Find me 20 minutes. Find me
8: 10 minutes. Find me where these three young men had the opportunity to commit this crime. It's not there.
3: Find me 20 minutes. Find me 10 minutes. Find me 10. And I'm like, find it. I love you. I, like... And what's so funny is that super hot husband Mike saw this movie first and was like you have to watch it. Yeah. And went like he knows he knows me very well and he knows I live for shit like this where he was like kind of like watching me watch it <laughs> and like waiting for that and then like the guy said find me 20 minutes and he looked at me and I was like ah and then he goes, find me 10 minutes and I was like yes. And he's a little smug about it but he totally gets to me. He's totally allowed. So now now we get back to 12-year-old Bradley Bannon. Yes. Who's about to save the goddamn day.
2: Because we're getting ready for trial. The lawyers are getting ready to go to court.
3: Yeah. And so Bradley's like, can we talk about the DNA real quick? Like, what? Something? why are there two studies? Why Why do both of these studies have two like completely conflicting information? Findings, right, yeah. So he decides to just, like, learn about DNA. He goes to Amazon.com. <laughs> he literally gets a book
2: from Amazon.com about DNA.
7: As I was reading that book, I started trying to figure out what all of this data that we had been handed was i walked in here in the morning and brad
8: was in the conference room and i said what are you doing he said well we've got all this dna and i've ordered this book on dna and i'm going to go through it and figure out what it is i said knock yourself out
3: and his like his boss is like I showed up at 7am he was there I left at 9pm he was there the guy you guys just think about it the guy like was in the conference room and like learned DNA about DNA I cannot imagine anything worse and it wasn't like DNA for dummies right. it was a real book on DNA like think about how dense yeah, that is and like I know. Th- that kind of book assumed that you know a little bit about science totally. to begin with which I'm sure he, maybe he did I don't know he's a smart guy Yeah. but um, it wasn't like so here's what DNA is like no 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 right. you had to kind of know your shit and they find like they find all of this basically exculpatory
2: evidence that was never turned over
0: they had found traces of other men in her on her numerous other men
7: multiple male dna was found that totally excluded the duke lacrosse players including the three indicted players but had not been reported this was not just an inadvertent oversight but in fact was the product of decision-making at some level, either at the lab or the DA's office.
2: So what is really amazing is that they get into court for whatever it is. It's like a discovery phase or whatever. Yeah. And basically Bradley is armed with this information. Like you guys kept this DNA information out. And Nifong, the fucker, was like ready for that.
7: Mr. Nyfong said that the first he had heard of any of this issue with the DNA was when he got our motion a couple of days earlier.
8: Because of what he'd read, he'd called his expert, and uh, the expert was there in the courtroom, ready to be questioned if we wanted to question him. Well. It was a brilliant move. We hadn't come prepared to cross-examine a DNA expert about DNA. We had no idea he was going to be there.
3: So they have this little meeting and it's like, "Well, we could postpone it, but we really can and shouldn't and that would really lose the momentum." And uh, they're just like, "Hey, Brad, you're up." And Bradley literally is like, "I don't I I don't I don't, <laughs> don't want to do this."
2: He he's the one that had like spent those 5 days in the conference room learning about DNA. Right. And they're like, "We have to do this today. You're going to you're going to you're going to question this DNA
4: expert."
7: I said to Joe, "I don't I don't want to I don't want to do that. I can't do that." That's when I said to him, Brad, I've
8: been telling you for 10 years that you're an exceptional lawyer. You are different. You are a great lawyer. And you are prepared to do this. You do know it. You don't need any more time. You can do it, and you can do it great, and
2: you will do it great.
3: Right. And even as as he's telling them, as he's telling us what he told them, he's stuttering. He's like, I don't, I can't, I don't want to do this. The thing about it
2: is like for five minutes, the whole tone of this movie changes. Yes. And it totally becomes like a hero documentary about this guy and his like quick decision to like, to go ahead and and question this DNA expert. And
3: he destroys him. One of the lawyers is like, he ate him alive.
8: (laughs) It became fairly clear about 10 or 15 minutes into it that the expert realized that Brad knew what the hell he was talking about.
7: I said, now I want you to go to that chart and I want you to tell me, is there multiple male DNA on there? There, Yes, there are. Does it not match anybody on the Duke lacrosse team? That's correct. Was it not included in your report?
8: Yes. Yes. He just ate me hand alive.
3: And now, so Bradley's (laughs) like, it's one of those sports movie moments. I'm like, no, it's the perm moment from Legally Blonde. (laughs) That's what the moment is, where it's like, so you were in the shower? So you were in the shower? Yes, she was in the shower. And like, that's what it is. It was your Elwoods moment. It wasn't any it totally like, sports was. movie, whatever.
2: But, so the big the big dun-dun-dun moment is when Cooney, the other
7: lawyer, steps up. Cooney phrases the perfect question. He asks Mahan, uh, have you entered into an intentional agreement with a representative of the state of North Carolina, NYFA, not to report all of the test results?
6: There's
8: only one answer to this question. And that answer being yes, because we did not report the reference profiles of those specimens, and we did talk about
2: not reporting those. Did you and the DA conspire, basically, to not reveal this this exculpatory information? Right.
3: And he has to say yes. Yeah. And it's like the courtroom explodes. People are cheering. Right.
8: It was a remarkable moment uh, when he finally said what we knew had happened the case had imploded at that point.
2: And they're talking about like looking over at Nifong and he's got his head in his hands.
3: Yeah, like this is like the guy who he brought in as like the whole like fuck you guys is the one who brought him totally. down yeah, yeah, yeah. it's so it's oh, I live for this shit yeah. oh, it's my favorite so now of course the press is going insane and there's all this like footage of the press being like I wonder how it got to this point you right. <laughs> you brought it here by not investigating anything right. at all
0: it was a tragedy it was a journalistic tragedy to see how the best journalists in America could be so wrong about something
7: there are no Edward R. Murrow's left in, in media they don't exist the Walter Cronkite's are gone they didn't really care what the truth was.
3: Can we just, just talk about Nifong real quick, just to be done with him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so he, fi- the bar files charges against Mike Nifong. He's disbarred, but he only serves one day in prison?
2: Yeah, I know. They go out of their way to say that the worst punishment you can give a lawyer is to disbar him. And it's like then we find out later like there were other cases that he like withheld evidence and now they they want all of his prosecutions reopened and looked at all over again. This guy is corrupt from head to toe. Yeah,
3: the Innocence Project is like trying yeah. to get all of his cases open because there was something that happened like a guy who was in prison for 30 years. Like right. they redid the DNA and they were like, "Excuse me." Right. Like what is happening? Why doesn't anybody ask any questions in this I movie? I don't understand. <laughs> And then,
2: you know, in the end, we see, we learn a little bit more about Crystal. We see Crystal for the first time, really. Like, we see her actually talk.
4: Hi. My name is Crystal Gail Mangum. Many people have tried to use my name and my past to intimidate me, to make me believe that I was a nobody. The Duke Lacrosse case will
3: never define who I am. So here's the thing about Crystal. She retracts her whole statement. Yeah. Um, the prosecution decides not to press charges on her because the boys and the family is just like, can we just be done with this? Like, we want to get back to our lives. They yeah. could press charges against her, but they decided not to and to just let it go. And she and she's actually in prison now for killing her boyfriend. <laughs> Which just comes out of nowhere. It's like that on-screen text and you're th- like, I'm wait, sorry, wait, what? What? <laughs> so she's in prison for that she also had attempted to murder her previous boyfriend right Crystal she has some uh, child abuse charges and neglect and um, yeah there are friends and family of her saying that she has a lot of mental health issues yeah. she's just not uh, she's not well but what like accusing people of that is fucking garbage it's garbage I'm just telling you and so is killing somebody <laughs> and then attempting to kill somebody and also ignoring your kids like if we're just looking at the facts here there's a lot of bad shit a lot of stuff in the con column <laughs> <sighs>
2: and then it just like the movie ends ends with like the actual statement of innocence that the family felt that they needed to to really clear the boy's names,
3: right? And now they like they're advocates for the Innocence Project, right. and uh, the, the Durham police like wouldn't be interviewed. Duke wouldn't be interviewed. I was like, who did you actually
2: interview for this?
3: The boys wouldn't be interviewed. Crystal was totally willing to be, but <laughs> of course, but everyone in the prison system was like, no, no girl, uh, no. <laughs>
2: Ugh, girl, we got through it. We did it. That was a long one.
3: Yeah, you know, yeah. This is it's hard. I mean, yeah. we were texting about it today. There's a lot of bullshit, but like I said before, it just this is the worst because it makes it harder for people who actually, actually have, have been assaulted, exactly. And it's tough because you do want to believe the people, like you were saying. Yeah. And when it makes so it like makes sense in a weird way that these three privileged dudes, whatever. But like, uh,
2: I know this really happens, and it's hard
3: for us to come forward when it really does. So like, please don't lie about it. Yeah,
2: please don't lie about sexual assault. Please you guys. don't
3: lie about it. Thank you. Also, like, clean your bathroom. And don't be douchebags. Like this, you know, we all have responsibilities
2: here. <laughs> um, you guys don't forget to check out our Patreon feed. We're doing serial episode by episode. We're on to episode three. Bonkers! Oh
3: my god! A uh,
2: bunch of full bonus episodes, mini episodes, the whole works. Join us there, and don't forget we're taking next week off to get ready for CrimeCon 2018. For those of you who will be there, we'll see you there. And for anybody in the Nashville area, whether you're attending CrimeCon or not, we're doing that meet up at Fuse Bar, which is in the Opryland Hotel where the convention is taking place on Friday. Friday night, May 3rd, and we'd love to see you there. Check out our other podcast, My So-Called Podcast. Yes. Um. And next we're doing, oh my God, I'm so excited. We're doing a movie called Author, The J.T. Leroy Story. You guys watch this documentary. It is
3: crazy. Even people who, who feel like they don't have to, you think that they yeah, yeah, should still yeah. watch if it like, just If like, you just want to watch
2: a fun documentary about some crazy shit that happened, watch this. It's Great. so good. Winona Ryder makes an appearance. Just you guys, just do it.
3: Free Winona? <laughs> yes. I love it. Um, Winona. Girl, where can they find us? At True Crime Obsessed, no E-D, on the Twitter and True Crime You can get our calendar, all the episodes, all good stuff.
2: Uh, where can they find you? At
3: Jillian with a G.
2: Uh, I'm at Patrick Hines uh, on the Twitter and at Patrick Hines underscore on the
3: Instagram. And follow True Crime Obsessed podcast on Instagram. You guys, I'm going to be all over it on CrimeCon. Go yes. to like the little thing in the top for the Insta stories and Insta live. We're going to be all over it's it.
2: It's going to be, you guys, we're going to be so ridiculous.
3: Like from the car ride to the airport. Yeah. I'm telling you from the beginning. <laughs> Stay tuned for
2: our hilarious outtakes. Damn, 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 damn. Them. Our palette cleanser this week is going to be from um, the London cast recording of American Psycho. They, oh. didn't, they didn't make one for New York.
3: It didn't last very long. It was I'm, not, I'm saying no I shade. Know, just, just facts. <laughs> like, it just didn't. <laughs> but you loved it, and I, I hate know. that you loved it and it didn't last very long. I
2: know. Long. And uh, then stay tuned for our amazing outtakes. You guys look for our extended outtakes on Patreon. Yes. Okay, Bye. Bye. JT
6: Leroy is a 21-year-old writer with two books of fiction based on his experiences as the
5: son of a truck stop prostitute. Hi, I'm JT, Jeremiah Terminator Leroy.
7: There's not a lot of discovery in publishing. William Burroughs, Janae Allen Ginsberg, to hear a new voice was
0: exciting. He doesn't like to show his face to the press.
5: JT, I just thank you from the bottom
6: of my heart. Some people think that JT Leroy might not really
5: exist. My name's Laura Albert, and I am the writer JT Leroy. I felt like a misfit. I didn't want to write as myself. JT Leroy was created from my dreams. Blonde-haired, blue-eyed boy, turning tricks, living on the street. The books were taking off. JT had to walk amongst us. Savannah was over at my house, and I said, you look like JT Leroy. You wear the sunglasses, a blonde wig. It was like Frankenstein, let there be life. JT Leroy is a literary it boy.
0: It was a revolving door of celebrities.
5: You Bono giving JT industry advice. Suddenly, JT is the go-to person for the fashion world. I showed just enough to make them interested. The media was tugging pretty hard at the curtain. It turns out he may not be a he and may not even exist. People are calling me. I don't know if this thing is bad or not. What the heck is going on? Hey, I really need to talk to you. I didn't know how to shut it down. There's a helicopter going you feel like good, fellas. It feels like the whole world is watching. I'm not filming that, right? Suddenly i got a call. This
2: Warren St. John from the New York Times.
5: He says, I'm gonna get you. He knows everything. There is a huge tornado that's about to hit. All the headlines are saying the biggest literary hoax of our time. It is not
3: a hoax. I'm just saying the the world of exotic dancing in general. Yeah. Like, it's, it's dicey, not. Guys. It's dicey. Let's yeah. cut all of this out. <laughs> um, it's going to be a three minute episode.
2: Jackie Brown. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Her name is fucking Jackie Brown.
3: She's like, he doesn't have any idea how to run a campaign. <laughs>
2: God. Uh, Wait, which one of us is going to get Dorsey's. it first? Dorcies. Dorcia. Dorcia. Is it Dorcia? It's Dorcia.
3: <laughs> right? Dorcia. Yeah,
2: I think it's Dorcia. Oh
3: my God, yeah. Dorcia. The lawn mode and all the press is really like making us not look as beautiful. So here's what they do. They make <laughs> them- lawn mode. I was like, what is she saying? Yeah, like it's a beautiful green <laughs> campus. Whatever. Um...
2: And it's so funny, this woman, like, she looks like... She's (laughs) garbage.
3: I'm saying it. Okay, you know when you guys do a lineup? Like, you do a lineup. Like, like anyone does that. I'm in jail all the time. All the time, you guys. I'm constantly being called in.
1: This is a big birthday for Patrick Courtney, so thank you for helping me, co-host. Anything for you, Evelyn. You look to die for. Thank you, Courtney. I want black and sharp. Mahi, mahi. It works right Rah- oh, I think I'll go to Ferragamo. I don't know if I'm such a fan of your purple suede Charles Jordan, But let's be clear, there's nothing ironic about our love of
5: Manolo Blahnik.
1: No, there's nothing remotely ironic about our love of Manolo Blahnik.
2: Wild grain is a sponsor this week. I know you are very excited to talk about it. I'm gonna shut the I'm gonna shut the hell up.
3: I have been dying to talk about this. So wild grain is the first ever Bake From Frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. Let me tell you, we had the croissant, we had the sourdough baguette, we had the sourdough loaf. Each item you bake it right from frozen in 25 minutes or less. There's no thawing required.
2: What is like the word for foodie for people who just like bread? Because that is Steve. Steve is a bready. That's me. When we got our wild grain box, Steve. We've tore actually, Golden tore it open. He was like, Golden smelled the bread, tore the mm-hmm. thing open. We popped the baguette right in. The, I'm a baguette and yeah. I we devoured that baguette in 30 seconds. And you've been dying to talk about this for weeks. Like, you, this is the real deal, fam. Julian's like signed up for this for life.
3: Yeah, Mike, made, I'm not kidding. My hand to, I swear. Yesterday, <laughs> Mike was just like, I'm a little like a snack. He wanted was the yeah. last sourdough baguette we had, and I'm like, we have to order more because uh, I don't know how we're gonna survive without it.
2: So, fam, you can fully customize your wild grain box. So you can get any combination of breads, pastas, and pastries you like. If you want a box full of bread, all pasta, all pastries, you can have it.
3: That's right. And plus, for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com slash TCO to start your subscription.
2: You heard her. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash TCO.
3: That's wildgrain.com slash TCO. Or you can use promo code TCO at checkout.